Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor John speaks from the subject of Modern Day Molech, passing our children through the digital fire. And now, here's today's message. Isaiah 32. Leviticus, two, two books of the Old Testament, Leviticus 18 and Jeremiah 32. If you didn't bring your Bible, or if you're having a hard time locating Leviticus and Jeremiah, scriptures will be in front of you on the screens. Leviticus 18, 21. It says this, do not permit, this is God's word, God's word to the children of Israel. Do not permit any of your children to be offered as a sacrifice to Molech. He's like, I don't know who Molech is. You're, you're about to find out. Don't permit any of your children to be offered to Molech. For you must not bring shame on the name of your God. I am the Lord. And then Jeremiah 32, 35 They've built pagan shrines to Baal in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. That's right outside Jerusalem. And there they sacrifice their sons and daughters to Molech. God said, I've never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. What an incredible evil causing Judah to sin so greatly. If you, if you don't mind, back it up to the first half of that verse. I just want to point something out to you. In the valley of Ben-Hinnom, which was right outside of Jerusalem, is where they would sacrifice to Molech. Jerusalem was where the temple was. It's where they worshiped God. So recognize they didn't stop worshiping God. They added something on. So they would perhaps leave the temple go outside the gate of Jerusalem to the valley of Ben-Hinnom and then worship Baal and sacrifice to Baal. So you recognize they're, they're, it's not either or. They were doing both and. And God is a jealous God. He don't put up with that. He's not only first place, He's only place in your life. And anything that competes with Him is a false God and has to be removed immediately. All right, let's pray. Father, I pray, God, that you would open up our hearts and minds today to hear and understand what, what you're saying to us. I pray, God, that you would help us to be just brutally honest with ourselves. God, that we wouldn't hold anything back from you, that we would indeed give our lives away to you. And anything that's going on in our lives or in our homes that is contrary to your word, I pray, God, that you would show it to us, reveal it to us, and remove it from us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for your worship. What an incredible time of worship this morning. Well, you have heard, I'm sure, about, uh, about the land that God gave to the children of Israel when he brought them out of Egypt. It's commonly referred to as the promised land. But I want to make sure you understand that the land of Canaan was not empty and waiting on them to arrive. The land was, was filled with people in towns and villages and even in walled cities. Zay, I've got a lot of my voice in, in Jeff's monitor, if you can pull that down. 
Have you ever wondered, when, when the children of Israel crossed into the promised land, have you ever wondered why God commanded them to kill everybody? You ever thought about that? I've had people ask me that. Why was, why was God so cruel? Why was he so brutal? Why did he want everybody killed? It's not because God was cruel. It's not because God is brutal. It was commanded because the people of Canaan worshipped an idol that had various names down through the ages. This idol, and they're going to put a, a, an, an artist's rendering on the screen, uh, it may have looked something like this. There, there are a few different uh, ideas but it may have looked something like this. It was the calf, the, 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 the bull god or calf god. It, the idol was called Molech in the scriptures that we just read. Sometimes it's called Moloch. And, and, and according to my research, this, this is a character that is beginning to appear in video games and in, uh, in different kinds of sci-fi movies and TV shows, Moloch. Uh, he was also called Milcom or Malik. He, it may have even made its way into Greek mythology as the father of Zeus, Cronus, supposedly the father of Zeus. So this was very widely, uh, widely spread uh, cult that worshipped uh, this, this idol. God was so repulsed by the way they worshipped Molech that he wanted to wipe out everyone who was associated with that form of worship so that the people of Israel were not tempted to take up those practices. Now, unfortunately, the people of Israel ignored the wishes of God, didn't do everything he told them to do, and they indeed did fall victim to, or not victim, they went willingly into the worship of Molech. Now, let me tell you what, what we're talking about. The scriptures we just read describe, in, in the King James Version, it, it may, call, it may, it may uh, refer to it as passing a child through the fire. Passing through the fire. The worship of Molech always involved a fire that was built either in or close to the bronze statue of him. So you recognize that when a fire is built in or around bronze, the metal heats up. So children were forced either to jump through the flames or they were literally passed by the parents or by the priests through the flames that were built to Molech. And that's bad enough, but, but what really broke the heart of God is that they were often not just passed through the, uh, the flames, but were sacrificed to the flames. The parents or the priests would either place the child on those outstretched bronze arms, or in, in some renderings, there were compartments built into the torso of this idol, and they would place the child into the torso along with some other, with, with some other forms of, uh, of, of offerings. And, and then they would beat large drums as loudly as they possibly could to mute the sounds of the sacrifice. You say, well, John, that's, that's horrifying, and it is. But what in the world does that have to do with us? 2019, what does that have to do with, with anything? Let me show you one scripture in John 10 and 10. Uh, I think it's a very familiar passage of scripture. Jesus said the thief's purpose, who, now who's the thief? It's not the kind that's just breaking in your house to steal your stuff. This is Satan himself. The thief's purpose, the devil's purpose, is to do one of three things, or all of them if he can, steal, kill, and destroy. Right? You see that in your Bible. Steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose, Jesus' purpose, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So Jesus is setting himself apart from, from the enemy. He said if the devil shows up, he's there to do three things. He's there to steal, he's there to kill, or he's there to destroy. And if he doesn't get to do those things, then he's not coming. So if you want to find where the devil is in your life, where the devil is in our culture, then you have to look for anything that's being used to steal or to kill or to destroy. 
Now listen, if you've, been, if you've been around me for very long, and some of you, we've been going to church for over 20 years, 25 years, I'm not an alarmist. I'm not uh, a conspiracy theorist. I'm not somebody who sees a devil behind every bush. I am not such a traditionalist that anything new comes out, I automatically assume it's of the devil. All right? But neither can I afford to put my head in the sand to what the enemy is doing all around us, right in front of our faces in our culture. So you have to run the balance between being, being so far out there that you, you jump at everything and being, have your head buried so far in the, stand, in the sand that you don't see the reality that's happening around us. So I want to bring something to your attention today. We have in our culture the most powerful tool that's ever existed in the history of mankind. Its scope is unlimited. Its power is unrestrained. Its reach is unprecedented. Its ability for good is incredible, but its potential for evil is equal to it. And perhaps the most disturbing part about it is that it is literally in the hands of every one of us. And it's technology. And specifically, it's internet-connected technology. Our society, our communication system, our, our economy, our transportation systems, our information systems, our entertainment, all of it is dependent upon technology. And in many ways, it's wonderful, right? Right? Because you don't have to fuss about stuff anymore. You can Google it and find out, right? You can know stuff. We hold in our hands every encyclopedia that was ever written, every map that was ever folded or unfolded or refolded or turned upside down, right? Every song ever recorded, ever, every book ever published, every Bible ever translated, and the list goes on and on, all at our fingertips, but we've got to figure out, as a culture and as a church, we've got to figure out how to use that power ethically and practically and morally because it's just a tool. It's not going to govern itself. It will do whatever you want it to do. Let me put a finer point on it for, for Christians. When we give our children unlimited and unmonitored access to internet-connected technology. We are passing our children through a digital fire that is every bit as deadly as the fires that burned from Molech 3,000 years ago. The evidence of their screams are all around us, but they're being drowned out by the drumbeat of busyness and distraction and the constant noise that we have in our culture. So I'm sounding the alarm today as a, as a watchman on the wall because we and our children are under attack and we can't just sit idly by and do nothing. So I want to show you how the enemy is using this technology to steal and to kill and to destroy our children. And then I want to give you some resources to help push back against it. So today's message is called Modern Day Molech. Modern Day Molech. So how is the enemy using this technology to, to steal our children? Well, the first is, is obvious, but we may be missing the impact. And, and it's, it's two words. It's screen time. Screen time. According to a report on CBS.com that was published last fall, the research shows, at least right now, that 
that if you are between the ages of 8 and 18, then you spend on average, on average seven hours a day looking at a screen. Seven a day on average. So, I mean, think about that. You're in school for seven or eight hours a day. You sleep for eight or ten hours a day. If they're on a screen for seven more hours in a day, what's being stolen? What's being stolen? Time with parents. Time with the rest of their family. Time playing outside. Their ability to communicate with each other is being stolen. Their creativity. Everything's right in front of them. You don't have to be creative. Somebody else did that for you, right? Our our influence in their lives is being stolen. The enemy is stealing our children from us, and we're giving him permission because it keeps them quiet, and it keeps them out of our hair because we're stressed out ourselves, or perhaps because we have our faces in a screen too, and we don't want to be disrupted. We've got to stop the enemy from stealing our children through screen time. And listen to me, they will never do what we don't pattern for them. So if we're not willing to do something different, if we're not willing to change, if we're not willing to recognize the idol worship that's going on in our own lives, then our children will only magnify what we we, uh, put out in front of them. You say, but, you know, so John, how do I do that? How do I, how do I help my kids? You set limits. You set limits that work for your family. Maybe you take those things away at a certain time. Maybe you enforce a no screen policy at the dinner table. Maybe you turn off the Wi-Fi at night because they stay up a lot later than you think they do. Maybe you replace the, the screen time with some family time, something that you can, maybe you play games together, maybe you watch a movie together, maybe you watch a TV show together, but you do something together that you can talk about. You have to take back your influence with your children. Or listen, here's a novel idea, make them go outside. We may need to bring back the old locked door. I got locks on my house. So sometimes you got to kick them babies out in the yard, lock the door behind them. Say, see you in two hours. Did y'all's mama not do that to y'all? My mama did that to me. Right? Listen, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, but they will not die, saith the Lord, probably, somewhere. And they might actually use a different part of their brain. And they might actually get dirt on their hands and build their little immune systems. So how else is the enemy using electronics to steal our children? Well, this one isn't figurative. This is literal. Every day across our country, there are abductions or attempted abductions by predators who establish a relationship with your kid through an internet-connected game or app or online chat room. How? Every device has a GPS in it. It it has the exact location of your child as they play or as they use the device. If it's on, the GPS is on. And and many of the games and the apps uh, give off the location by default. If you don't intentionally find it and turn it off, then it's going to automatically give their GPS location. Uh, Almost every game or app uh, or, or website 
uh, that they use knows exactly where your kid is while they're using it. And any of them that require an internet connection. Have y'all heard your kids whine because you go through an area that suddenly doesn't have Wi-Fi? And they just, they freak out. <gasps> the internet's off. Okay, you'll be okay. Breathe, inhale, exhale. Almost anything that requires an internet connection has some sort of chat feature where you can communicate with other people who are using that game or app. That means while you're in the living room, your kid is in the bedroom talking to whomever is on the other end. Now, there are websites, and I want to show you a few uh, icons, so if you see this, you you can pay attention. But listen, this this is not an exhaustive list. There are millions of apps and websites and everything else, but I want to bring your attention to some that I know some of our children are using. There's websites called Omegle, and if I say it wrong, okay, but that's it. You figure out how to say that, all right? That's a website, Uh, and then there's a couple of apps I want to show you. One's called Monkey. Isn't that cute? Monkey. Uh, There's one called Holla, because I've just always wanted to say Holla from the pulpit, so now I just did. So that's on there. Monkey, Omegle's a website. These are apps or websites that connect your kids by video chat to complete strangers. That's their intent. That's what they do. That's why they were designed. You've spent your entire life teaching your children, don't talk to strangers. But with one click of a button, That's exactly what they're doing. And that's not even the scariest part. The scariest part is they select the strangers geographically. They connect you with strangers who are within a certain radius of your child. So it might be 10 miles or 20 miles or 30 miles. In other words, they connect your child by video chat with a stranger who is close enough to get to your child. Every social media platform like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and and, and dozens of others, all of them can be used to send private messages even to people that your kids don't follow or friend or like or whatever the term is for that platform. And listen, kids left Facebook and Twitter years ago because there's too many adults on it. When you showed up, they left, okay? And if in the majority of teens, you say, well, my baby's got a Facebook. I watch everything they do. Yeah, your baby's got at least one Facebook. Okay? The kids who do have accounts on platforms that you use, the research shows at least 60% of them have more than one. They have the sanitized version that they let you follow, and then they have the real one that they use and their friends use. And it's it's no big thing at school because they... They all know they've got at least two. Everybody does. Okay? You say, well, and listen, kids are using social media platforms that you've never even heard of. Okay? You say, well, listen, they're just, John, calm down. They're just talking to some other game geeks. They're just, they're just talking to their friends at school. Really? How do you know? How do they know? pedophiles know how to use the anonymity of the app or the internet and some of them are anonymous and I'll show you that in a few minutes they use the anonymity of the app or they create a false profile because you can be whoever you want to be on the internet you can be whoever you want to be when you when you set up your account they they use that false profile to connect with their victims they, can, they play the long game, man. It's not like they show up and, and, they, and they have names that are going to give them away. 
They're not, they're not going to say, hey, I'm a child molester, can we? No. They play the long game. They ask seemingly innocent questions over a long period of time as they build rapport. And then, and, and then in a few months, after all of these interactions that they've had, when they put it together, they've got a whole dossier on your child. And they know their interests. They know their, they know their locations that they frequent. They know their schedules. They know their routines. They might know the ball teams they play for. They might know the activities that they're involved with at school. They might even know what school they go to. And even if they don't get electronic location data, it's pretty easy to piece things together uh, with the Internet. Because even if they mention, they may mention the Blue Devils. They may mention the Rebels. Well, if they know you live in Georgia, it's not hard to track down which teams have Blue Devils or Rebels as their mascot. And pretty quick, they know which area of the state they live in. And then they just need another piece of information and another piece of information. Almost every month, I see on my Facebook feed where one of our local law enforcement agencies have arrested individuals who have traveled from all over the country to Harrelson County to meet up with underage teens for indecent purposes. And we are very blessed this morning. Chief Pesnell from Bremen Police Department is here. Chief Henderson from Buchanan Police Department is here. And they can verify what I'm saying. That's why I asked them here. They, they, they're the fact checkers today. Um, but I see that where they, where they have intercepted them, fortunately, before they got to some of our kids. But get, how, many, how many did they not get to in time? Despite their best efforts. Because there's way more bad guys than there are good guys. And so these, these kids set up these meets... And they only know what's been strategically shared with them by the predators in their bogus profile. And so they, they develop this relationship with the kid. They say all the right things. And then they arrange this real-life meetup. And by the time the kid figures out it's a 45-year-old pervert, it's too late. And the kids, are, the kids are, are being stolen from us. And then sometimes assaulted sometimes trafficked for sex, while we sit in complete ignorance of what's going on in our own houses. If somebody burst through the door of our homes, tried to kidnap our kids, we'd do everything in our power to prevent them, wouldn't we? Say yes. But the enemy is stealing our children from us little by little, day by day, and we sit across the house from them, and we never do anything about it. Sometimes we don't even know. What you don't know can hurt you and your kids. Everything the enemy does is to steal, kill, and destroy. There's a, those are a couple of ways that he's stealing. But what about killing? You're like, John, for real, is, is internet-connected technology actually contributing to the deaths of our children? Absolutely. So let me talk about the less likely things, and, and, but the things that are sort of in the news right now. Okay. Many of you have heard about the Momo Challenge, right? Maybe, maybe you haven't. That's okay. A lot of schools are sending out information out of an abundance of caution, and they should. So I'm going to show you a picture of Momo if you haven't seen her. All right? There's Momo. Momo is not cute. All right? Old girl has had a rough day. Has everybody seen her? All right, you can take her down. So according to news reports, Momo 
has been inserted into various children's videos on YouTube, even the, ch- the kids' YouTube version, uh, well after even the most diligent of parents would have quit watching. So 20 minutes, 25 minutes into the, into the video, uh, it, this thing pops up, and it encourages children to harm themselves. In some cases, reports have said that it threatens to hurt the child's family, trying to leverage the kid into committing suicide. Now, based on the research that I've done, and I may be wrong, but based on the research I've done, there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of investigation, a lot of panic, but there hasn't been evidence that Momo has actually contributed to anyone's death. Now, again, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I've been looking, and it's just really difficult to get hard evidence that this has happened. The same allegations have been made uh, by viewers who say that some, some person walks, shows up in the middle of a kid's video and teaches them how to slit their wrists to, to either kill themselves or to just scare uh, the, their family members. And again, there's been speculation, but not a lot of real evidence to my knowledge. But listen, the, the peop, there are people who are really keen on what goes on in the technology world, and they say, listen, if you get sucked into the Momo thing, and, and you think that if you can protect your kids from Momo, then you're good, you're missing the bigger picture. You're missing the bigger picture. See, the takeaway is, unless you're sitting beside your child every moment that they're watching online videos, there's really no way for you to know what's being said or what's being shown. See, when we were raising our biological kids, we could buy a VHS because they're that old. We could buy a VHS tape. We could buy a DVD. And once you watched it once, you knew what it was. It's going to say the same thing every time. Right? So you, you know what's there. That's not the case anymore. So you have to be aware of those dangers, and you have to take appropriate action. You're like, John, what should I do? You have to decide. You're the parent. You have to decide what to do. But you, at the very least, you have to have that conversation with your kids that makes them aware of dangers, makes them aware that things may show up on their screens that they're not expecting, and they need to know that it's okay for them to come to you about it, that you're not going to shoot the messenger, that they can come and say something just popped up that, that I, I don't think is right, it didn't, I, it didn't feel right, I, I don't think it's, you know, I, I, it scared me, it surprised me, whatever. You need to open up that dialogue. If you freak out about everything that happens in your kid's life, they will stop telling you what goes on in their lives. But there is plenty of verifiable evidence of technology being used to, that plays a part in the killing of people, or more specifically, in them killing themselves. Just last month, a young woman in Massachusetts was sentenced to 15 months in prison for the, for the role that she had in the suicide of her ex-boyfriend after she used text messages and phone calls to badger her unstable boyfriend into, into killing himself. At one point in the conversation, he actually got out of the car where he was trying to suffocate himself, and she badgered him to get back in the car. She bullied him to such an extent that he took his own life. Cyberbullying is a huge problem, growing every day. Even if it doesn't lead to suicide, it is definitely linked to childhood depression, absenteeism from school, and even physical illness from, from being bullied. What happens online gets brought to school now. There is, virtue, there is no difference between the virtual world and the real world. They all blend together. 
The, humilia- the humiliation and the shame that happens online is sometimes just too much to take for a kid. Now, in days gone by, if you could make it home, because bullying's not a new thing, right? Bullying didn't just get made up in the last five years. But in my day, when you, get bu- when you got bullied, it quit when you got home. If you could just get home, you were safe. That's not the case anymore. There is no place that's off limits. And if traditional social media platforms aren't bad enough where, where you can say things to people uh, without having to face them, there are apps that also allow for anonymous comments to be left for users. And for bullies, that's even better. They can say anything they want to say, and it's not traceable back to who, to who they are. So they can say whatever they like, it can't be traced back to them. Their parents can't find out, nobody can find out. There's a few apps and sites I want to make you aware of. One's called Saraha. That looks like an email app, doesn't it? It's not an email app. It's an app that you, go, that you use and you can make uh, anonymous comments to people who put, them, who put themselves out there. And listen, when you're, when you're a teenager and you just want approval, right? You just want somebody to tell you you're okay. Tell you you're cute, you're smart, you're funny, you're whatever. So our kids are putting themselves out there on these sites hoping to get some feedback of people that tell them that they're whatever they think they need to be. The problem is that there, there are people on there who are not trying to give honest feedback or encouraging feedback, as you can well imagine. So they say whatever they want to say. They be, they're as cruel as they want to be. And there's no way to track it down. There's another app called Ask.fm. That's what that looks like. Sounds like a radio station, right? It's not. There's also another app that looks completely innocent. It's called After School. After School. See how cute and cool that looks? After School builds itself as a funny, anonymous newsletter for your school. A funny, anonymous newsletter for your school. So it's grouped by school. You, you identify what school you go to, and then you get to see everybody's comments about everybody that goes to school with you. There is nothing funny about anonymous comments. I get anonymous letters from people. Guess what? They go in the trash. If, you, if you're not man or woman enough to sign it, I'm not taking my time to read it. But we've got thousands of kids every day who are reading every little word that's spoken to them by complete strangers. These sites are hotbeds. They're hotbeds for cyberbullying, for sexual harassment, or just plain meanness. Just plain meanness. Now listen, let me be clear. No normal kid is going to commit suicide because Momo showed up on the screen. Okay? That no, or, or because some random character on a video told them to. Or, or even if a bully starts to harass them. But listen, make no mistake. When a person is already emotionally fragile or when they're struggling with mental health or mental illness, or they've been worn down by months or even years of bullying, it doesn't take much to push them over the edge. And listen, don't don't forget about the spiritual connection here. This is not just a conspiracy among humans. This, this This is a spiritual issue as well. The enemy knows exactly what your children have been through, and, they, he, and he knows exactly what buttons to push to set them off or to send them spiraling. 
The technology is this is just the platform. It has no innate evil or good built into it. The technology is the platform. But all the enemy needs is a person that's willing to be the vessel. And it seems like every day there are more and more mean people who are willing to be the vessel for the enemy and put somebody else down in order to make themselves feel better. The unrestricted, unsupervised use of technology is not only stealing our children, but in many cases, it's also killing them. Just like the children sacrificed to Molech 3,000 years ago. So the enemy steals, the enemy kills, and maybe his last trick is his best, and that's destroys. He destroys. There are lives being destroyed by this technology. Two predominant ways that the enemy is using internet-connected technology to destroy lives, and they are, they are related to each other. The first is pornography. There was a time when pornography was limited to dirty magazines and, and backroom adult movies. Access was limited. That is absolutely not the case anymore. Any person of any age, anywhere, has immediate access to millions of pornographic sites and billions of images. Websites are everywhere. They actually purchase, they purchase the, the website name um, so that if you misspell a commonly visited site, then it's going to take you to a pornographic site. Uh, on YouTube, uh, a racy video, if you watch one, then you're going to have a whole page full of videos that are suggested to you that are going to take you deeper and deeper into darker and darker pornographic sites, all for free, at least to begin with. It's marketed. Listen, marketed is not a passive verb. It's active. They're marketed to younger and younger children so that by the time uh, the child reaches middle school, your child has already seen multiple pornographic images, even if they weren't looking for them. And listen, don't fool yourself. This is not an accident. It's a business model. It's the YouTube algorithm that pornographers and perverts are exploiting for profit. It secures their future revenue stream. The earlier they can get somebody connect, uh, hooked on pornography, the more money they're going to make now and in the years to come. So by the time your child's hormones kick in, providing biological curiosity, they know exactly where to look and exactly what to look for because they've already seen it. You say, John, listen, my child would never look for that kind of filth. They don't have to look for it. It's looking for them because the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. This is not a conspiracy theory. It's a job description for the devil. And he's good at his job. He's just as good at luring our children as he is at keeping their parents in the dark about it. So by the time our kids hit puberty, their minds are already twisted by the sex-saturated images that they've seen. Sometimes through no fault of their own. They have no concept, unless somebody has taught them otherwise, they'll have no concept what a normal relationship of their age is supposed to be. 
they assume that what they've seen on the screens is normal, so they do what kids have always done. They act out what they believe to be expected of them. Because the last thing you want to be accused of is being different. They all want to be individuals, but they all want to be individuals just like everybody else. And so when you act out what you think is expected of you, then it leads to all kinds of issues. Stealing their innocence. Physically and emotionally destroying the lives of young people all over the country. And the pornographic environment that's been created by the internet and even by video games, pay attention when your kids download video games, find out what they're looking at. But that, that, uh, that environment that's been created is reinforced by the music they listen to, by the movies they watch, by the stars and the celebrities that they flock to and they follow on social media. But it's reinforced by their friends at school, by the people they connect with by text or by social media. And by the way, the most influential people in your children's lives today are probably not the ones they see on TV and the ones they see on the movies. It's the YouTube stars. And I know some of you my age are going, you can be a star on YouTube. People making millions of dollars on YouTube, sitting in their room. People get paid to order stuff and then open it. And people watch that. And they get paid millions of dollars. There's a, there's a dude named James that's teaching girls how to put on makeup. He's famous. High heels and everything. Famous. So you need to pay attention to what your kids are looking at and who they're listening to on YouTube. The other way this technology is destroying our children is through sexting. And I know many of you didn't come to church today expecting to hear that word, but it's a reality. And if you don't know what it means, it means sending pictures of specific parts of your body that are generally nude to someone else. And while young people have been sharing moments of inappropriate intimacy for thousands of years, it's the digital platform that's being used to destroy their lives. It used to be that locker room talk was the worst that was going to happen if you shared one of those moments with the wrong person. Now you can find images of yourself that you intended for one person that's been shared with hundreds of people. Some of them even posted on websites and social media platforms for everybody to see. And it's not just happening every once in a while. It's happening every day across our country, and I promise you, in our county and in your kids' schools. If, you're, if your most intimate pictures are being posted on websites and on social media platforms for just anybody to see, that's not just embarrassing. That's devastating. That's destruction of self-worth and, and reputation that's on the nuclear level. The social media platform, uh, Snapchat, was actually designed to facilitate sexting. Because when you text something, it stays on your phone. When you use Snapchat, it's designed to disappear after just a few seconds. That's why it was, that's why it was built. So you supposedly have privacy. Now you can, uh, you can decide how long, it, how long it lasts on your other person's phone before it disappears. But that's the premise of it. 
And, and, and now they've built in this safety feature that if the other person screenshots it, it lets you know, oh, somebody just screenshotted your picture. You know, if it's supposed to disappear in eight seconds, and after six seconds they screenshot it. Well, what good does it do if that tells you that somebody did it? They already did it. Amen. They've already got it. Now what are you going to do about it? So listen, not every picture your kid sends on Snapchat is, is a nude. Okay? Like most of the time it's a duck face. Or something, something else stupid. So if you've been driving down the road in, in, at dark and suddenly there are flashes of light coming through, that's what that probably is. Okay? But you need to be aware of the possibility and be aware of the technology. Listen, what, what many young people don't understand, and again, this is verifiable by the chiefs of police that are sitting here today, that a lot of young people don't understand that sharing those photos is not just a bad idea. In many cases, it's criminal. It's illegal. You can actually be charged with possession of child pornography if you have a picture on your phone of someone who's underage and the picture meets the criteria of pornography. And I promise you there's a whole bunch of them that meet the definition. And if you send it or share it, you can be charged with distribution of child pornography, which is a felony everywhere. And if you don't believe me, then just look at the Atlanta news station. This week, a high school in Union County, Georgia, is trying to figure out what to do. And law enforcement's involved, and, and the administrators are involved, trying to figure out there's 50 kids involved in a sexting ring. That, that was discovered in that high school. And now they're trying to figure out, is there going to be charges brought? Are they going to get expelled from school? What's going to be going on? And I don't know how many kids are in that school, but most of the rest of the kids in that school are just sweating bullets and, and glad they weren't caught. Because I promise you there's more than 50 kids in that high school that's sharing these pictures. Young people, listen to me. Never, ever, ever send a nude or suggestive picture of yourself to anybody, ever, ever. This is not just a spiritual issue. Anything that gets sent over the internet can be sent to anybody, anywhere, anytime. There is no such thing as a deleted file. Almost everything that's ever been created digitally is still in existence on a server somewhere. And guess what? Unless you took a Polaroid and handed it to them, then every picture you take is a digital file. Girls, I don't care if he loves you and would never do anything like that to you. It happens every day. I don't care, guys, if she swore she'd never show it to anybody else. People make stupid decisions every day. They trust the wrong person. They get mad at each other. And in the spur of the moment, they do the one thing they can think of that'll get back at them. And they may feel terrible about it as soon as they hit sin, but it's too late. The enemy is trying to destroy you. So don't give him the easy ammunition. Don't, don't complain about getting shot when you hand the enemy a gun. And just like he did with child sacrifice and idol worship in centuries past, the enemy is using technology 
as a modern-day Molech seeking to steal and kill and destroy our children. So parents, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? You say, well, John, listen, my kid would never do anything like that. Really. Your kid's brain is not even fully developed until they're in their mid to late 20s. Kids do stupid stuff every day. Do you remember what you were like when you were a kid? So how is it that you got that one kid that doesn't make bad decisions? You say, well, John, listen, just calm down. I asked my kid, and they told me they don't use any of those apps that you mentioned. And they would never hide stuff from me. Well, how many kids do you know that won't lie to keep themselves out of trouble? And if you don't verify that what they say is true, you're not just a trusting parent, you're naive. If you don't inspect what you expect, you're the problem. You say, well, I I resent that. I've got good kids who would never do things like that. Do you know how many parents have stood in police stations and principal's offices and in hospital rooms and at gravesides saying the same thing? Kids do today what kids have always done. They do whatever they can get by with, just like you did. The problem is today they have access to the most powerful tool for good or evil in the history of mankind. And we have got to do something about it. We have got to take action. We have got to educate ourselves. You cannot afford to say, I don't know nothing about all that technology stuff. If you lived in a, in a country that sacrificed children to Molech, would you say, oh, I don't know nothing about that Molech stuff? You'd find out, wouldn't you? You'd find out everything you need to know to keep your children safe from this kind of craziness. You cannot afford to be ignorant anymore. we got to take those devices from time to time and see what's on them. And you say, well, my, my kid has a fit when I try to take his phone. They won't let me take their phone. What? That's all the more reason to take it because people always get defensive when you mess with their idols. You make them take the passcode off there. They like nine. What do they need a passcode for? Make them take the passcode off there and in front of you and then hand you the phone and then you walk away. And you do a deep dive up in that thing. There are hundreds of apps. Hundreds of apps. I'm going to show you one. Do not draw this picture and say, I'm going to look for this one. There are hundreds just like it. But this is called HIP. HIP. Looks like a music app. It is not a music app. HIP stands for Hide It Pro. Hide It Pro. They're designed to look like something else, but they're actually places to store stuff that you don't want anybody else to find on your phone. You can store pictures. You can store files. You can store explicit music or texts or whatever you want to. You have to look for that stuff. A whole bunch of them are designed to look like calculators. They may have calculator with a... um, percent sign behind it or something else or it might just say calculator 
Look at it. Look at it. Check everything. Look at their browser history. Look at their text messages. Look at their YouTube history. If you don't know how, ask me. Ask Pastor Robbie. Or good Lord, Google it. They know, there's, there's a thousand videos out there that show you how to do that. But what you cannot do is stay ignorant. You cannot stay ignorant. You say, but John, what about their privacy? <laughs> they don't have... <laughs> they don't have a right to privacy in your house using your phone that you bought for them and your service that you pay for, charging it up with your electricity. <laughs> Privacy. And if they refuse to give it to you, cut it off. Amen. Isn't that what Jesus said? <laughs> if it's being used to offend you, cut it off. I don't think he was talking about cell phones, but he might have been. Quit paying for the service. Unplug the Wi-Fi. Change the password. If they go to their room and hide, take the door off the hinges because that's your door too. You are the parent. I told somebody at the first of the year, I told John Godwin, we were talking on Wednesday night, I said, this 2019, I'm just... I just feel compelled. we got to get back to the basics and tell people what the Bible says about the stuff that's affecting their lives because I, I don't think people know this stuff anymore, the stuff we used to take for granted. So if you've never been told, let me tell you, you are the parent. Ephesians 6 says, children, obey your parents. we got too many parents obeying their children. The tail is wagging the dog, and it's time to stop. We're passing our children through a digital fire. They're getting stolen and killed and destroyed. But today is the day to start doing something about it. Our children's lives hang in the balance. You say, John, I don't, I don't know what I'd do if I took it. It don't matter. Take it. They don't know that you don't know. Just take it and hide it for an hour. They'll be sweating bullets. by the, They'll need rehab by the time you get back. And they might just confess everything. If you come out looking like you know something. I'm sorry. I would have done that. I was that kid. I would have done that. Morgan would have done that. We got resources today to, to offer you. I told you that, we've, that, that the chiefs are here uh, Jay Webb is here with, with his wife, Allison. Uh, Amy Addison is here. They're from uh, FCA. Uh, I invited them to come today as well. We've got people who work with your kids and work with families every day who are here. Listen, fact check me. If I'm wrong, then find out what I'm wrong about and find out what's right. I, I, I'm just telling you, there's enough going on right now that we can't afford to stay ignorant. So on our church website, Pastor Robbie has uploaded some, some links to several articles. Some of those articles will just give you more information, inform you about some apps or some websites that you need to pay attention to. Or some might suggest monitoring software that you can install on your kids' phones. You, now, there's a whole bunch. So I can't just tell you, like, the one app or the one thing that's good. 
It depends on what you've got, what platform you use, whether you're on an, on an iPhone or an Android, whether it's a tablet, whether it's a cell phone. There's, there's hundreds of them. Some of them are free. Some of them are not. Some are cheap. Some are expensive. I can't tell you which ones work best for you. You're going to have to do the research. Call somebody you know and ask them, somebody you trust, and ask them. Some you might have to try. Valerie and I have tried two or three different ones. To, we still haven't found one we really like. As I understand it, iPhone now has, if you have an iPhone, your kid has an iPhone, you can link your phones up, and you can control what they see and do. You can, you can turn it off at certain times, all kinds of stuff. So there's lots and lots of tools available. But listen, you can't just bust up into Walmart and go, I need that Internet stuff. That's not how that's going to work. You're going to have to do some research. Ask some people. Ask some people. All right? So y'all stand with me. No, I'm not doing an altar call, so y'all calm down. But we do have to pray. We have to pray. Listen, I know we, we tried to have a good time about this today, but there's, there's nothing more serious than the lives of our children. And if you don't laugh, sometimes you're just going to have to cry. I am not making light of how serious this is. I'm not making light of how difficult this is. So listen, I'm not telling you this is going to be easy. I'm telling you this is necessary. It's necessary. And, and it's no fun being the bad guy. There is a stage of life where you can be friends with your kids. But if they're still living at home, that's not the time. Y'all can be besties later. Right now, you're the parent. And the primary role of parents is to keep kids safe. And when you hand them an internet-connected device, you are handing them danger if you don't watch out for it and you don't put some parameters around it. So we're going to pray, and I'm going to pray for you for, for strength, for wisdom. We're a Pentecostal church. We, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit that are listed in Romans 12 and in, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and all through the Bible. We, we believe that they are, were not just for the apostles. We believe they still work for us today, that they're still operated through the Holy Spirit today. We believe that God is a God who knows everything about everything. And when you put those two together, we believe that the gifts of the Spirit are not just operating for the church in the service. We believe they operate in the, in the people of God on a daily basis. We believe that we serve a God who can wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, go to your child's room right now. Because it's happened to me. We believe in a, in a God who can, who can just flash images that you may not understand until another week or two, and then you see, the, you see the dots connect and you know exactly what's going on in your kid's life because it's happened to me. And I'm not telling you I'm Mr. Super Spiritual. I'm telling you when you're desperate to keep your children safe, when you pray over your kids, when you ask God for help, he gives you help because they're his kids too. And so we're going to pray for that. And, but I, I also want to speak to the young people. I am not doing this to ruin your life. I did not do this so your parents will go crazy, though some of them will. I'm doing this to help you, ultimately to help you. 
to protect you from dangers that you're just not mature enough to understand yet. And I want to remind you of something that the the Bible says that we don't talk enough about. The Bible says that sin is pleasant for a season. We're not telling you that you're not going to have fun doing all the stuff we just said not to do. It's fun. It's fun. It'll feel good. It'll be exciting for a little while. The, the, problem, the problem for the fish is that the bait tastes good, but the hook hurts. So I'm not trying to keep you from the pleasure of the bait. I'm trying to keep you from the pain of the hook. So we're going to pray. If you're, if you're here with your family and they're close, grab a hand. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.